Hello, everybody. Welcome to Garage Days at Gwinnett Tech. I am your host, Robert Bauman, the program director of the General Automotive Program here at Gwinnett Tech. For those of you that do not know, Gwinnett Tech is a two-year technical college located in Lawrenceville, Georgia, which is just outside of Atlanta. We offer 140 different programs, including automotive. So as I like to say, if you have a taste, we have a flavor. If you'd like to find out any information on those 140 different programs or automotive, please visit our website at gwinnetttech.edu. And there are links to all the programs here, people you can get in touch with, and you can find out anything you need to know about what it is that we do here. Well, those of you that have been with me for a while know that one of the things that I'm passionate about besides teaching is non-traditional students, particularly female non-traditional students. It's no shock, it's no surprise that the automotive industry is dominated by males. And so when a female wants to get into this industry, which I think is great, by the way, it can sometimes be challenging and throw up some roadblocks. Currently, we're sitting at just a little over 1% of our total enrollment is female students. So whenever I do get female students in our program, I like to highlight them. I like to talk to them, find out their stories, and hopefully get them to share their stories with other people. It does a couple of things. One, it lets me know what their mindset is, so it better helps me when I go out and I promote and I try to increase our female enrollment. But the other thing is, it shares the passion that kind of goes against the grain. Everybody thinks just guys work on cars, and you know what? There's a whole lot of good females out there that are technicians. I know many of them personally, and I think they add a lot to our industry. So we've got a student here today who's in our degree program. Her name is Sonia. She's actually in a few classes of mine, and I looked ahead. She signed up for mine in the fall, and I guess it's a good thing or a bad thing. Either she likes me as an instructor or she just wants to get through the program. So she's decided to come on and share her story and tell you and me and everybody else why she decided to get in here and where she plans on going, and then we'll talk about some fun car stuff. So, Sonia, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you, Mr. B. Um, thank you for having me on. So, you fall into that non-traditional student, female in a male-dominated industry. So I'm sure it wasn't a, a easy choice to think automotive, and, and I'm sure that you know, that wasn't the first choice that maybe people in your family or friends had pointed you to. But what made you decide to get into automotive, and why did you decide that you wanted to come to college for the training? So initially, I actually wanted to be an electrical engineer. But after like looking how how long it takes and like all the math and stuff, I'll do like electrical stuff. But it's like eh, started having second doubts about that. But then my dad would do some car work, and I saw how like it's you know it's a bunch of electrical systems. So I decided to be in the automotive industry because it's, it's what I found more most interesting. I like how stuff works. I like taking things apart, seeing how it works. Plus, it's the joy of fixing your own stuff as well. All right, well, that's a good start, but I am sure that you know, unless you're living in a rock, in a cave, that you will be a minority in this industry, that you're going to walk into a shop, you see it already at the school where you are just one of a handful of people here, and did that give you any second thoughts on why you wanted to choose automotive? Did people kind of push back against you? If they did, how did you overcome that? What made you decide to just keep pressing forward with this? I really never had second thoughts of the industry because I knew I really liked it. And I wasn't going to care if someone tried to make me less or anything like that. So it was just kind of like motivation for me to like stand out a little bit more since I am different from like the typical technicians. And I did get some judgments from like family, friends. I was like, mm, I didn't really care. All right. Well, 
You did say some people said some stuff against you, but I'm sure that there were people that did support you. So who was supportive to you, and, and are there people that are, have maybe kind of jumped on the Sonya bandwagon since you started this and support you even more now? Yeah, my parents were actually my biggest supporters. They they never even tried to talk to me out of it. They're always supportive. It's like, oh, what school are you going to go to? What do you want to do? Even my um, traditional grandparents were very supportive. They called me and said, oh, that's great. You should come over and fix your grandpa's truck because he's always putting cows on it and then likes to break it. And my stepdad was actually my um, biggest supporter. He, he taught me a lot of the basics. So now that we've talked about your decision to get into the industry. Now that we've talked about a couple of roadblocks, seen some people who've supported you from the beginning, maybe some people that came along, supported you later, talked about how you're just going to keep going forward. Let's talk for a second here. When you get into school, you get into college here, this is a little bit more in-depth automotive than anything you may have received at the high school level or anything that you could receive online. This is, you know, we're preparing you to be a tech in the industry. What surprised you the most about automotive technology is is it more than you were anticipating are there things about it that you you just kind of step back and go oh geez i didn't even realize that there's way more to cars than i anticipated uh coming here and seeing it in person and doing um on hands training is it really gives you a taste of like what you're going to be doing in a field especially for the canvas system it is so complex there's different types of cannabis system, like single wire, and there's like two wire ones, and the high and low, and then the lens system. Like, for example, the one module to module is way faster than like an electric chair or the the mirrors. So yeah, it's way more than I, than I expected. It was really nice to know because I want to I get to learn all that stuff. So, okay, when we talk about the cars themselves, I'm sure before you came into this program, you, you had a little bit of understanding about some things on cars. I mean, you, maybe you had a basic understanding of how an engine worked or a basic understanding about some performance. I'm sure you watched plenty of YouTube videos and watched people drifting and intersection takeovers and drag racing and road racing and all that kind of stuff. But when you actually got down to the car itself, as you've been in the program here and you've really looked at you know, different systems in more detail. What surprised you more about cars? What really gave you a, a good impression about, you know, hey, geez, I really didn't even know cars did that. So what surprised me more was how a manufacturer could take an engine and then start tweaking it bits by bits each year. I'll give you an example. Like GM, they had a V8, right? They're 5.3. And they started adding this um, V4 mode, um, active fuel management system. That was interesting to see how they tweak the the lifters, how they're how they're different, how it deactivates. I'm not a fan of it either way, but it's still <laughs> cool to see it, how they try to do something better. Hey, they're trying to make it more economically fuel-wise for us, but, you know, I grew up in the day when V8s only made 145 horsepower, so I guess one of the things that really impresses me is how they can now take a four-cylinder engine and make 350 horsepower. That really impresses me. That's the coolest part, especially on that uh, the new uh, GR Corolla. I think it's impressive. And it's only a three-cylinder engine, which is, it's just, it blows my mind. It's yeah, absolutely amazing. Someone pushed that to 700 horsepower. <laughs> That's crazy. Stock. That's crazy. Yeah. 
So, okay, most students, they do go on to spend time with a technician. That's like the natural progression, the natural way we do things. We all, we, we all come in, we decide we're going to learn how to fix cars, then we go out into a shop, and we are a technician, and we are fixing those cars. But a lot of us do have long-term goals, whether we know them right away or, you know, during our time as a technician, our view on automotive changes or maybe the way that we do things changes. Mine, for example, you know, I physically can't bend over a car for 10 or 12 hours a day anymore, so I had to go to different career paths in automotive, finally wound up teaching. So how do you see your career unfolding? You technician, you want to own a shop? What, what do you got in the line down the road? So I want to start off as like a t- technician as a dealership just to, just to get a taste of working on a normal car, something that hasn't been tweaked on or nothing done to it. But then later on, I want to work at um, Independence Performance Shop because I, I like the whole modding stuff. I, I know I'm going to get bored of like regular cars at one point, but I, I'm definitely going to go over to a performance shop, something a little bit well-known, whether it's like engine swaps, putting like slapping different powertrains together, like Chevy engine and uh, seeing people put an LS3 in a, in a 350Z and all that stuff. That's cool. That's cool to me. That's what, that's what I want to do. Well, you've been through the rough part of the interview now. We got all the seriousness out of the way where we talked about school and your impressions of the industry and how you decided to get in here. And that's all the serious stuff. But now we're going to get into kind of some of the fun stuff here. So you had told me about when we were talking during class that there's a project truck, if I'm not mistaken, that you were working on. Tell us a little bit about that. What are you doing? When did you start with it? And what do you hope to finish when it's all done? So there was a project truck. I bought it um, my senior year of high school. Bought it for, f- I think, 1400 bucks. Uh, I stepped out to help me find it on Marketplace. The guy on Marketplace said he had put a radiator, and now nothing turns on. So, cool, we go look at it, we buy it, take it home, and it turns out he just forgot to, to put the, the ground back on, which was kind of funny. Then everything worked, so we took it on the test drive, right, and then... But before the test drive, we had to uh, put some oil in it, and we spilled some. So we go take it on test drive, and there's, like, smoke coming out. So it's like, oh, it's probably, like, the engine oil that spilled, like, evaporating. Now it turns out a, a coolant hose broke. And now, now I know what coolant smells like. That was my first time smelling, like, coolant burning up. So now, from that experience, that's what I know how, what coolant smells like, like, sweet cinnamon bun or something. <laughs> and then it was like, whatever. We, just, we drove it home. We were close, but it, it was enough to overheat it, and it was super hot. After after trying to run into it, there was white smoke coming out the tailpipe. We checked the oil. It was kind of milky. It's like, nah, this is done for. It's like, okay, stuff happens. Get another engine, but it, was, it wasn't it was put in because I didn't, I, I didn't have the experience to put it in yet. So I paid someone else to put the engine in for me, and they put it in after the warranty expired. It turns out that engine had a cracked block. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to put any more money into this. I sold it to a, a guy who um, tows trucks, kind of junked it in a way because he was going to take parts out of it. And he still has it, which is kind of cool. But I got 300 bucks out of it. It goes money down the drain. <laughs> well, we've <laughs> all had that. We've all had those project cars. Do you wish you still had it? I do wish I still had it because I keep looking on Marketplace and these end up getting more and more expensive. And that one, the body on it was like, there was no dents. It's so hard to find an 80s car that doesn't have a dent on it. The interior was in shape. I was, um, everything was, was OEM on it. I was just blocking out the interior and I had put, uh, what's it called? The thing you put in a truck bed, Linex. Oh, the, the bed liners? Yeah, I put a bed liner on it, and I was getting ready to paint it because it only had, like, rock chips on the hood, which is normal, but mm, just too bad. But wait, 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 wait a second. Did you say it's hard to find 
vehicles from the 80s that don't have rust and stuff on it? Did you say 80s? Yeah, 80, this was an 88. Oh, okay, guys. I just, I just want my audience to know, uh, you know, I, I'm a little bit up there in, in the years. And it's funny because Sonia, well, you know what? Knowing 80s cars, that's the era that I grew up in. So the fact that she still likes 80s cars tells me that, you know, automotive, hey, it transcends everybody and every taste. There's classic cars from all eras. So it sounds like it was a nice car. Again, like I said, we have, we've all had that, and, and eventually we'll, we'll get another project car. But now I'm going to move on to the next question. This is probably the question that, um, you know, most people that come on here, they get to this part, and they just want to talk and talk and talk because we all have a part of us that really love cars. I always ask about what, if you, if you could have any car, what would be your dream car? And mine, as my audience knows, two cars. Number one, Lamborghini Countach. Think Miami Vice. When I was growing up, that was the poster on my wall was the Lamborghini Countach. To this day, I would still have one. Is it impractical? Absolutely. Is it a waste of money? Yeah, absolutely. Is it hard to work on? Absolutely. But you know what? I would love to have one. And my second car is a sentimental car. My very first car that I bought as a teenager was a 1978 Pontiac Trans Am. Bought it for $400 blown engine, blown transmission. That was how I got into the industry as far as going to the junkyard to find parts and stuff like that. So again, if I could have a 78 Trans Am again, yeah, I'd find a space in my garage for it. What is your dream car if you could have any car out there? If I could have any car out there, it'd definitely be a Lexus LFA. That's like the only car if I got to own, I wouldn't do anything to it because I love changing up, making a car a little bit mine. That's the car I would like not touch, not do anything to it. Maybe like take it out to cars and coffee at most that's that's my dream car right there i just i love it i think there's only i think there's only 190 in the united states which is which is crazy i like having stuff is like no you're not gonna see like on the highway running down was that the the lfa is that the one that was like three hundred thousand dollars or something yeah that's the one they spent i forgot how much toyota spent on the development and making it they spent a crazy amount of money they ended up losing money because of the LFA. Because all the ones they sold, they didn't even make a profit. They ended up losing money, actually, on making that car. Okay, so my Countach is my out-of-reach dream car. My 78 Trans Am, and eh, that's something that I could obtain again. The LFA is out of reach for you, but is there anything that's more obtainable that you would like? More obtainable would be, for right now, like a, like a F80 M3. That, uh, I forgot the blue was called. It's like in this baby blue color. I love that color. M3, BMW M3, yeah, right? M3, okay. yeah. There's a bunch, if I could own. Especially older Chevys. I want like a... This is... It's like the 67 to 70 C10. That specific body is my favorite body style, those C10s. I really wish I could get one. Well, I can, but it's like five grand. It doesn't even have like an engine. Just a body. Right now, it's just going to be a money dump. I can't afford it right now. <laughs> well, sounds like another project car yeah. to me. Well, last question, because I do ask this to everybody. Unless you've been, again... You know, walking around life with blinders on, you, you can see that this industry is in a mad dash towards self-driving cars. They are really pushing from GM's Super Cruise to Nissan's ProPilot Assist to all of that kind of stuff. They are really pushing to get these vehicles to drive by themselves. Now, again, my feeling on it is I still like driving. Whether I'm driving to and from work every day or running to Home Depot or running errands, I like to drive. If I want a self-driving car, I'll just call an Uber. That's that's the way I look at it. But how do you feel yourself about the industry's push towards self-driving cars? 
Uh, personally, I'm not a fan of those cars. The technology is cool. Like, it's really cool to see that cars have gotten to this point where they drive themselves when at first they were being called, like, horseless carriages. Like, the whole evolution is cool. But I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. I feel like industries just stay away from it, kind of trying too hard, and then they're right, kind of racing to get that technology out first, and it's coming out with flaws. For, like, for example, Teslas, they're more focused on being first rather than perfecting it if that makes sense. And then the problem is they push the stuff too fast and it doesn't work. I mean, go on YouTube and you see, you know, I, I know Tesla is the main one that's doing this, but you see a lot of problems because they're rushing to get the stuff out. Yeah, I've seen this. Um, it's a Mopar. I just forgot which one. They were able to hack it while it was driving down the highway. Studios on the computer, they were able to hack that car and take control over it. I forgot which specific car it was, but I saw it on YouTube. It's kind of it's kind of cool, but it's kind of like sad. It's like, man, was it was that was it really that easy to hack? Yeah, <laughs> it's scary. That's for sure. Yeah, it's scary. Well, I'll tell you what. I appreciate you coming on, Sonia. Sounded a little nervous, but I'm telling you, she's a great student, and I'm not just saying that because you're sitting in front of me. She is one of our better students, um, and her time here will be over pretty soon and and i wish i could clone and have more students like her in class that's just honest so thank you for sharing your story with us i will continue to watch your journey and i hope that it progresses but i do appreciate you coming on thank you for being and i appreciate you for having me here and like acknowledging that uh acknowledging women in the field is really nice to see so someone supportive of that and the other thing is that I want to mention real quick, too, is uh, before I close out here, is Sonia helped me last semester. I do the girls' day at the garage for uh, female faculty and female students, and she helped last semester. Um, and we're going to do it again in the fall, and I'm going to ask her again to help me again. She doesn't know that. Well, she does now. Cat's out of the bag. So hopefully you'll come back and help me again one more time. Yeah, definitely. I'll go help you out again. Well, all right. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Again, I, I love having students on here. I love having people who have passed through the program. And I particularly love having my non-traditional students on because, you know, this field, in my opinion, should just be all-inclusive to everybody. So, again, if you are interested in any of the 140 different programs that are available here at Gwinnett Tech, including automotive, please visit our website at gwinnetttech.edu. And there you have it. At the end of the day, when the dust settles and the chips have fallen where they may, all your T's are crossed and all your I's are dotted, remember the most important thing in the world, technicians keep the world rolling.